Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Dear God, we thank you that, that your love never fails us. We thank you through your strength that we are able to make it day by day. And Lord, as we listen, we hear an invitation, an invitation from you for us. And those invitations guide us and lead us so that we may be strengthened for the journey ahead. So Lord, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So a question for you. How, how many of you like getting invitations? We, we know that there, there are several different times that we get, <laughs> see, we're thinking, eh, kind of. We, we know that there are, are several invitations that we get uh, throughout our lives. You know, we, we just celebrated backpack blessing, kids going back to school. Well, some of those kids are going to be sending out invitations for graduation next year. We uh, know that there's a moment in time where there are weddings where we get invitations for, we get uh, invitations for, for baby showers or, or now baby uh, gender reveal type of things. Those are type of things that are happening. But see, I, I remember uh, growing up, I have a December birthday. Now, not only do I have a December birthday, my birthday falls between Christmas and New Year's. So invitations were very important to me growing up. I wanted to make sure that whenever I had a birthday party, my invitations got to my friends before that dreaded winter break uh, came along. And I didn't know one way or another if those invitations would be received or not, or, or, or because I didn't see, the, see my friends uh, after we released for, for the Christmas winter break. And so my mom probably got all of the phone calls, the RSVPs, but I don't remember ever hearing them from her. So, so when my birthday came around, and we didn't do anything fancy like, you know, go to Chuck E. Cheese or anything like that. We just had just a simple birthday uh, at the house with a cake and maybe a couple of games here or there. But whenever the doorbell would ring on the 29th of December and, and kids would start coming in, I was excited. I, I was excited because somebody got my invitation and they responded and, and they came to the party that I had. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about invitations because the one thing that I know about Jesus is that he continues to give invitations. He, he continues to call us to come and be a part of, of his family. 
to experience life with him in his grace and mercy and to allow all of our lives to be connected with him. So so the next four weeks, we're going to look at four specific invitations that Jesus has given to us in the Bible. There, there are more invitations, but I thought these four were four that we really needed to hear right now, especially as we were uh, going back to school, especially as we were beginning uh, this fall where there's a bunch of new things that are happening all around us. These invitations are the ones that call us to Jesus. And what better invitation to start with than Jesus' invitation to each and every one of us to come and follow him. So our scripture for today is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow along as well. Hear the word of the Lord. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with his father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, this call... That, that Jesus gave to the disciples, come and follow me. What, what was a very earth-shattering call. It, it interrupted their lives in a way. It, it, it called them away from a life that they, they knew. It called them away from a life that they were maybe comfortable with. It called them from a, a way of doing things into something New. So the first question that, that comes to my mind when we talk about this call to come and follow Jesus is that who is this call for? Who, who is Jesus reaching out and saying to come and follow me? Well, when we take a look at scriptures, we, we have easy answers for that. Of course, we have the 12 disciples. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, we see a listing of all of the disciples. A- a- and we see that Jesus called from a, a wide variety of, of areas. We hear the call story of the fishermen. We know that Jesus called the tax collector Matthew. And just to make things a little bit more interesting and more fun, he called some rebels along who didn't quite get along with the tax collector because the tax collector was, was robbing them and giving their money to Caesar. We also know that Jesus also called the one that would betray him, the one that would turn him over to the high priest so that he may be crucified. All of those people were called for a particular and specific purpose. 
and those purposes that, that Jesus knew when he, he called them and, and he, he sent to them. But they were called nonetheless to, to leave everything else behind, even though we know that some of them didn't quite leave things behind. But they wanted to follow Jesus because of that simple invitation. We also know that Jesus called women. If you look throughout the entire stories of the gospel, it, it is laid with women who did important things for Jesus, who anointed his feet with oil and, and wiped them down with their feet, who, who cried for him, who, who begged for healing for their families. But also the most important thing that these women did, they were the very first ones to announce that Jesus has risen. When they, when they came to the tomb, those disciples, they, they, they went to the other disciples and told them and, and, and were then part of the story that we tell every single time that we talk about Jesus. And it's easy for us to think that those 12 disciples and those women were the only ones that, that Jesus were to call. But if we look in, in Luke chapter 10, we see that he called many, many more, about 70 to 72 that went out and shared the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come near because Jesus was there in their midst. But we also know that through the call of Jesus. Not everybody answered the call. Not everybody followed along. I'm thinking about a little bit further in Matthew chapter 19, there is a rich young man who comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus lists off those things that we know of in the Ten Commandments. And the rich young ruler says, well, I do all of that. I, I, I don't steal. I don't kill. I you know, pay all my, 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 my taxes and my tithes, and I do all of those type of things. Then Jesus looked at him and said these words from Matthew 19, 21. If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Those are harsh words. You really think about it. Sell all your possessions to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Give everything that you have away, and then come and follow me. The next line in scriptures, it says that the young ruler looked down, he was, he was sad, he was uh, upset, and he walked away. But see, that's an important thing for us to remember, is that Jesus, when he calls us, he is not calling for us just to give a part of ourselves to him. He is calling us to give everything, to lay everything down and say, God, you are now the Lord of my life, and, and I give all to you. I, I give my life to you. I, I, I give my, my family to you. I, I, I give my possessions to you. Everything 
that I have is a gift from you, and I return them back to you so that I can follow you wholly and I can follow you truly because you have the way to eternal life. And anything else that I try to do, I fail because you are not a part of it. You are not leading me. I am leading myself. Those words are maybe hard for us to hear. But I believe that if Jesus is calling those disciples, if Jesus takes time to call the rich young man, that Jesus is calling us to join him and to let our lives be interwoven with him so that he can lead us and guide us. There are two words that that are used when we talk about following Jesus. There's the word disciple, and there's another word that that is starting to kind of come into uh, practice when we're talking about being a disciple, and that is being an apprentice. So the question is, what what exactly is the difference between being a disciple and, and, and being an apprentice? If we want to follow Jesus as a disciple... One of the ways that we talk about that is that a disciple is is a learner. A disciple is taking the opportunity to learn all we can about Jesus and to understand who he is in our lives. But an apprentice is someone who does. An apprentice is somebody who says, if I'm going to follow Jesus, then I want my life to fully reflect who Jesus is. When we look back at the disciples, especially those four fishermen that we heard about in our passage today, they were apprentices. They they were out in the boats and they were learning the trade and they were probably good at it here or there, but, but what they were doing is that they were learning how to be better fishermen. That's why Jesus not only tells them to come and follow me, he says, I will make you fish for people. I I, I will make you put away this old life of of following, of, of being a fisher of fish, but you will now catch people to become my apprentices, to become a part of, of what it is that we are doing And you will be strengthened in that understanding of what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus. So shortly after I graduated from college, I graduated with a Bachelor of Music Education. And I was uh, involved in some churches while I was uh, a young teacher in one of the churches I was involved with, I was involved with the praise team playing guitar and I was also part of the choir. And one day the choir director, praise team leader was, was out. And he asked me if I would direct congregational singing for that Sunday. And I was excited to do that. I, I, I thought that was gonna be so much fun. 
at that time, I had my middle, our middle son, Tim, who was probably two, three years old. He would go to church with me, and that Sunday we were in the uh, auditorium of the school that we were worshiping in, and, and we were sitting down on the front row. And I walked up onto the stage, and I introduced the next hymn, which I don't remember what the hymn was. And I started just to, to direct and lead the congregational singing. And there started to be some laughter in the auditorium. And, and I was like, what are they laughing about? I mean, this, this is a hymn that we all know. There's nothing laughing about the hymn. And then out of the corner of my eye, I looked down below the stage. And there Tim was standing in front of the congregation, and he was doing the exact same thing that I was doing, just leading the congregational singing as I was leading the congregational singing. I started to laugh when I, when, when I saw that, and, and, and I told him after the hymn was over, please don't do that again. But see, he was acting as an apprentice. He saw his dad waving his hands in front of the congregation, and he said, well, I want to do that too. That's what being an apprentice is like. It's not learning the theories of, okay, this is the downbeat, and here are the other beat, you know, understanding exactly what you're doing. No, it is doing what the master is doing. When we say that we want to become apprentices of Jesus, when Jesus says, come and follow me, Jesus is saying, I just want you to do what I do. I just want you to be a part of what I'm doing, and I want that to infect your life so that when people see you, they see me. When people see you, they say, I want to be like that. I want the life of Jesus to, to flow through my life just like I see the life of Jesus flow through some of your lives. I want the life of Jesus to be so active and, and, and full that when I am out in the world around us, there is no way in the world that people can say, well, that person doesn't follow Jesus. That person is, is so far from Jesus. I want them to see Jesus in you because you have said, come. Because Jesus has said to you, come and follow me. So, so how do we become apprentices? How do we answer this call to come and follow Jesus? Well, first, we have to respond. I think sometimes it's easy for us to not respond whenever we are called into a life of Jesus Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German theologian, he said this about Christianity. He said, Christianity without discipleship, or I would say without apprenticeship to Jesus, is always Christianity without Christ. Christianity without discipleship or apprenticeship is always Christianity without Christ. Sometimes it is so easy to go through the motions of being in church. I know that. 
Sometimes I feel that, 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 that we are just going through the same things over and over again. But when we stop and sit there and think, okay, what exactly are we called to do? What exactly that are we supposed to be doing as a church in order to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ with others around us? Or there's a tendency we have to complicate discipleship. There's a, there's a tendency that we have to make it so difficult, so tedious, so, uh, so rule-driven that it is virtually impossible to try to follow Jesus in the way that we are called to do that. The, the answer, my friends, is that when we decide to follow Jesus, then what we ask and what we do is that we decide to be with Jesus. We try to do what Jesus has done and become a person just like Jesus in our lives. And the only way that we can do that is that we stop and we take a look at Jesus. We need to be attentive to what we are doing in the moment and say, is this something that Jesus would do? Is this a way that Jesus would act, or is this a way that Jesus would call us to do? Paul said this to the Colossian church in, in three, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. Everything we do. See, I think that's what Jesus was telling the rich young ruler. He was telling him to, to sell all the possessions and give it to the poor, but he was saying, no, so you don't understand. Following me isn't just a part-time gig. It isn't something that you do when you feel like it. It is something that you do all of your life. It is something that you give all of yourself to so that you can respond to his love. I think another thing we must do in order to become apprentices to, to Jesus is that we must be attuned to Scripture. We must take Scripture very seriously because Jesus did. And the story where Jesus was there in the wilderness and he was being tempted by Satan and, and had those three temptations, what did Jesus do every single time that Satan tempted him to do something? He answered Satan with scripture. He answered Satan in a way to say, no, this is what the word of God says. And because I am following the word of God and I am listening to the word of God and the word of God is who I am, I'm going to answer with that. I think sometimes with what's going on in our lives and what's going on around us, we, we fail to respond with Scripture. Now, I'm not saying that we, you know, we, we beat people over the head with Scripture, but, but we listen and we say, this is how God is calling me to live my life because I am one whom Christ dwells in the lights. That, that I am no longer my own, but I belong to Jesus. And because I belong to Jesus, the word of God lives in me. And the word of God is valuable to me. And that word shapes me into the type of person that God calls me to be. 
finally, the last way that we are called to be apprentices of Jesus and to come and follow him is that we are to love as Jesus loved. John 15, 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no more than this, but to lay down one's life for one's friends. See, that is what we are called to do. Sometimes we, we want to put ourselves up here and put everybody else down here. I know I have in my life. But what God calls us to do is that you need to love those around you in a way that, that, that you give your life for them so that they may see Christ in you. I know that we have a large range of Jesus listeners and followers in this room. We have a large range of disciples in this room, people who are learning about Jesus, but Jesus doesn't just call us to listen. Jesus calls each and every one of us to follow. So I, I want to close with a prayer. This is a prayer that, uh, that Seedbed has uh, written. And you may be familiar a little bit with it because it is kind of like a sinner's prayer. But, but this prayer is an invitation, if you will. An invitation for you just to pause and to listen and to hear God's invitation in your life to come and follow. Richard, I'm going to ask you to come and play a little, haven't used this phrase in a while, Holy Spirit music there. And as Richard plays, I'm going to say this prayer. And what I want to invite you to do is to say this prayer after me. If you want to say it out loud, you can say it out loud. If you feel more comfortable just saying it in your mind, you can do that as well. But I want you to listen to these words. Listen to these words as an invitation. An invitation to, to, to set everything else aside and come and follow Jesus. So let us pray together. Our Father in heaven, I want to know you. I want to live an awakened life. I confess that I am a sinner. I have failed myself, others, and I failed you in many ways. I know that you made me for a purpose. And I want to fulfill that purpose with my one life. I want to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for the gift of your life and death and resurrection and ascension on my behalf. I want to walk in relationship with you as Savior and as Lord. Would you lead me into the fullness and newness of life that I was made for? I am ready to follow you. Come, Holy Spirit, 
and fill me with the love, the power, and the purposes of God. I pray these things by faith. In the name of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, and in the great power of Jesus. Amen.